You're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Hi, you're listening to a Chirp Radio artist interview. My name is Mick, and you're about to hear my conversation with electronic artist Eamon Tobin. He just released a new project under the name Figueroa. The album is called The World As We Know It. Let's listen in. Music, I think, to myself and a lot of other people, um, is more about sort of that direct communication in some way. Like there is some, like even even if you can't, put what you mean to communicate into words, like you're still trying to say something and sort of project some thought, some aspect of yourself out into the world. Electronic music seems to do that really successfully. It seems to, and that's that's sort of the world that you come from, uh, and maybe you still think of yourself as part of that world, but uh, electronic music seems to have a really sort of international appeal. Why, why, do you, why do you think that is, and do you think that it is that there is something that is being communicated there or do you think it's just it's just fun and that's why people like it i don't think it's as simple as it just being fun i i don't i couldn't speak to why other people do what they do Uh, all i can say is that from from for myself um it's much less to do with communicating and much more to do with just expression a self-expression I mean, often it's not even that. Often it's much more to do with an exploration of of a theme or even a technical aspect of music or an artistic uh, uh, kind of adventure, something I'm trying to learn. And the music ends up being a kind of a residue of that, uh, what's left at the end of my excursion. So it's it's very rarely something where I feel like I, I have something urgent to 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 communicate that i you know something that i vitally need to get across to some other people and i mean for for electronic music i i no idea why why it's popular or not i mean i i I guess you could say that maybe there's a appealing to people at different different countries and locations you know there's a certain international i guess appeal of something that isn't rooted in in a in a specific language maybe maybe that's got something to do with it i don't know maybe instrumental music translates in that way more than uh, lyrical music so i don't know i'd be guessing i guess with that question yeah and it, a simple explanation i think for why electronic music is so exciting for people around the world is just the fact that there usually isn't language or like the language is used as you know, as a way of sort of augmenting other sounds are just treated as like another sound in the in the mix. But like you said, uh, a lot of American pop music sung in English, popular around the world, and Brazilian music too, sung in Portuguese, extremely popular around the world, extremely flu- influential. Well, I'm sure that if the answer to that question was was easy, then it would have been capitalized on, you know, with much vigor uh, by by the people, you know, by the 
the big labels and the big forces at play and I I feel like one of the lovely things about music is it's so nebulous and difficult to to pin down it to to understand why something works and something else doesn't work saying that this was a record that you definitely made without an audience in mind without you know sort of projecting yourself outward and with you know with an expectation of how it's going to be received um is that true and would you mind elaborating on the conception of the album and kind of how it came to be because it is a bit of a departure from your previous work in a lot of ways yeah i mean a couple of things about that yeah it's definitely true i often do things where I'm I'm sort of consciously trying to distance what I'm doing from uh, the end result and the, the the way it might be heard or the perceptions of it, but just because I don't feel like it's helpful to me, you know, it kind of gets in the way. I become self-conscious and, and then start uh, editing my moves and, and I find that that isn't a helpful thing to do. And I feel like it also kind of sort of cheats the audience as well. I'd imagine that nobody really wants a curated version of yourself, right? Like I, I wouldn't want to listen to something that I knew somebody had kind of made with me in mind, sort of adjusting for maybe what their idea of what I might like or might not like would be. It would just feel very, I'd feel like I was being sold a, you know, a television or something or or having a sort of authentic experience with something that was made with some autonomy so I'll do that anyway consciously in, in what I what I write and what I produce but this record was was kind of further afield than that just because I I was pretty convinced that this wouldn't ever amount to a, a release because it was like you said too far out from what I, I might be known for and so it was a really it was a process of discovery of trying to understand chord structures and harmonies and melodies in a way that I, I felt like I, I I had room to learn a lot from, you know. So yeah, it was a very kind of uninhibited record because I, I pretty much eliminated that factor from, from the process. Something that I thought was interesting was um, how you mentioned how everything's sort of flowing together and how um, it's almost like you're collaborating with these sounds um, but you, you also have like another human collaborator on this project, uh, Sylvia Massey, who you, uh, I think, have you know, mentioned that you're extremely appreciative of her contribution. But I don't know if, mo if people really associate her with the type of music that you're doing here. She's more of like a rock, like her, like her pedigree is more rock music and pop music. 
would you would you mind uh, you know, maybe speaking a little bit to her collaboration and you know uh, or what it was like collaborating with her on this record? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, again, uh, I mean, I without get, getting into you know genres and all of that too much, um, I appreciate her on a on a professional and and technical level very much for the work she's done. Now I made all these all these songs with me obviously just obviously not a singer singing these songs and programming guitar parts with MIDI because um, I'm obviously not a guitar player and so my initial thought was to to see if maybe she because as you rightly point out she she's very much in that world of uh of live music and rock, you know, rock music. The point is, I thought that she might be able to find someone who could uh, both sing and play the guitar parts. And I thought maybe I could take a backseat role in this in this production and be the writer of the songs, but somebody else could obviously perform them because I just felt so out of my depth, you know, doing that. What was surprising was to have her then come back and be like, well, there's a quality to this, which I think, you know, is worth recording, uh, even though your voice isn't, isn't, you know, I'm not a singer of any merit. Um, there, there's at least, in the limitations of what I'm able to do with my voice, there, there is a, at least a, a certain personality in it, which might get lost in translation, and it would be a less personal record, you know, and so she she brought me to Capitol to the studios here in LA and we just recorded yeah she she was able to kind of make it into uh, something that sounded like someone who might sound like a singer I know you didn't make this record with an audience in mind, but is there something that you hope that uh, the listener takes away from it? Like some some message or something that sort of came out of the process that you hope um, people sort of pick up on and and carry with them away from, you know, after listening to the record? I mean, there's some accidental kind of coincidental things that lined up. You know, I'd made some of these songs eight ten years ago and and so I had no idea what was going to be happening now but it's odd how the title of the record which has been the same for years and years and years seems quite pertinent at the moment and even the title track the world as we know it it kind of describes (laughs) you know the the price of our arrogance in in the grand scheme of things and the way you know we're being kind of put in our place by germs and and the world really as far as i mean if i had to pin down a thing that i'd hope people would take away from it it would maybe less specific to the record but more the idea of not being too scared i think is important the idea of of trying you know of not listening to these voices that tell you 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 to stay in your lane, to do what you know, stay in your place. Um, I'm a firm believer in in sticking your neck out and trying things and failing 
And if anything, this record's a, a testament to my efforts in that direction to to go beyond what I'm associated with or known for and work on a principle of, of just love for the music. Again, this has been uh, Mick with the Trip Radio Podcast talking with Eamon Tobin about his new project, Figueroa, and the new record, The World As We Know It. Thank you. My pleasure, man. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for your time today. This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.